It is Friday, 31st of January 2020, and this is episode 368 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to the final recording of Digital Outbox whilst we are still members of the European Union. I am Chris, currently a European citizen, and I am joined by another European citizen. Ian, hello. We're clinging on by our fingernails. By the time you listen to this, we will no longer be European citizens. Although I believe, you know, you've got a chance at least. You've, you're, you've got some rooting governments behind you. <laughs> but then I don't support independence in Scotland, so I'm, kinda, I'm double stuffed. <laughs> Damn it, we're in a quandary. Anyway, so yes, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll just all collapse in a... We'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I guess, there. <laughs> does any news matter anymore? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but let's let's talk about it anyway. Who knows? Um, Bezos, Jeff, <laughs> Jeffy boy, Jeffster, he's been hacked. Um Hacked by the crown prince um, of... Failure. <laughs> if only. Uh, yeah, Mohammed bin Salam has uh, oh, hacked his job. phone with a, <laughs> has, by a... Um, by a apparently this was in 2018 and it was uh, via a, a, a message with an encrypted something or other. I think there was a lot of it going around at the time. But yeah, this allowed um, crown prince of Saudi Arabia to uh, access a lot of content on his phone and content was taken... And allegedly, not that long afterwards, some news articles came up about Jeff Pri- uh, Jeff's private life in a newspaper that, that he owns. So there's going to be questions around this and exactly what was taken and what not. But it's all broken, that news story today. Um, and it's it's kind of getting everywhere. And it's, it's um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, so, so like, the Saudis deny it, and lots of people are denying it, but at the time, so this was two years ago at the time, everybody was like, how has this come out? Because he's, he's usually quite a private guy, and, you know, mm. all that good stuff, and, and it, it was like, ooh, that's that's pretty salacious. To be honest, it sounds like he's private, because he's put his foot in his mouth quite a few times since, hasn't he? <laughs> since he's... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but this, uh, and, and also, like, WhatsApp and a few others are saying, you know, so... You know, this couldn't have been done and Facebook have got people out, you know, saying it couldn't have been done. But it looks, you know, most... I thought there was at the time a there was a, a thing going around exactly. where they did say that WhatsApp messages could be hack your phone yes. and there was a patch put out for it. Um so so and, and the evidence the evidence presented by the you know original investigators looks pretty, you know, pretty slam dunk. Um so yeah. Um it's not looking good for sort of Saudi relations with the West um, when they're looking to increase that. And uh, and like I say, there will be questions around the newspapers and uh, that they own in the West and, and how that now impacts uh, relationships going forward. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot there's a lot of issues in Saudi, you know, so I don't know if something like this, because at the end of the day, the, the Saudi money, you know, it buys them a lot. Lots of it. It buys them a lot of, you know, mistakes. Yeah. Um, um, not sure Sonos have got uh, a lot of money to make mistakes, but they seem to have made a mistake. And we said last week that some of the actions of Sonos seem to be of a a kind of 
quietly desperate company now looking to solidify its um, rights around copyright and all you know the trademarks and things like that um sorry patents is the word i was actually looking for but i used other ones instead the they, they it's kind of been big news that they've announced that quite a lot of their older products are now not going to be eligible for updates going forward um but equally they're not going to play well with newer versions. So even if, if you've got new products in your sort of Sonoff suite of products, uh, they're not going to get updated in line with um, systems that don't have any of these older products um, to try and keep them all in alignment. Now, some of this, they've sort of, sort of tweaked their approach, yet there's still a good degree or good number of old products that they're just saying they cannot keep up to date anymore uh, and they will no longer operate uh, correctly with, with the newer hardware. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, kind of unfortunate for Sonos because I mean, I've, so I've got a couple of Sonos players, plays really well, you know, really easy to use. Um, you know, sounds sounds good. You know, it's not, you know, it's not top 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 top, but it's it's good enough. It just just feels like the, the bit that's stuck in stuck in the throat with this. So I so I get it. I get there. So they're saying it's pre twenty fifteen kind of kit, and and I get that you can't keep going forever. But they kind of, you know, you, you paid a premium with Sonos and it was all about, you know, it was almost like, you know, supporting an ecosystem and you can expand your ecosystem. And lots of people have got, you know, they've, they've done a lot of home improvements and they've got, you know, Sonos dotted around. And the bit that was nasty about this was not only when they're not going to update your old stuff, but any new stuff, because it was on the same network, would no longer get updates. And that seemed wrong. I mean, again, you can see from a technological point of view how you can come to that decision because you can't keep maintaining these things and how can you get them talking together? If, for example, you have to completely re-engineer the language that they all talk to each other with to, in order to move forward. You don't want to be crippled by the fact that you've existed for this long. I think what where it the biggest problems we come from now is in the old hi-fi world, modular systems, you know, pe- people who are proper hi-fi geeks, they would have a nice pair of speakers they'd have a nice hi-fi unit they'd they'd add items to that as they needed they'd change the amp they'd do this but with the speakers they were considered to be these you know prime objects which you know you buy really good speakers and then you you know the system goes along with that and you could keep those speakers for a good period of time i know my parents had their speakers for like 30 40 years um and just changed the system that hooked into them and with these new products, it's not like that anymore. It's very much, it's a throwaway thing. And because they're all integrated products, they are literally are. You have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, you know, they could be perfectly operating other than the fact that the software can't run anymore. No, and I think I think that is part of the challenge that, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, it's got this, the, you know, you can obviously talk to it and it's going to get lots of updates and everybody wants to drive it from the phone. Um, and that comes with challenges. But I'm just realising as well, this is actually the third story. So there was the, the suing last time, and then I think it was just at the tail end of last year, there was a whole, um, if you've got an old Sonos player, you could get a discount on a new one, but you basically had mm. to brick your Sonos device. You could, yeah, and, and, right. and again, just just really kind of poor behaviour. It was like, why why forcibly break something that was, you know, working? Mm. Um I, I don't know. It just feels like, a, and I don't. I don't think Sonos is in trouble, but they've obviously their market's been eaten by you know. I, I would go Google. further and say the actions make me feel like they probably are in a bit of I trouble. Think, I think they, they are. Probably... I, mean, I think. I think anybody that, that considering how long Sonos has been going to now reach for the you know litigation route, 
Um, and then just just a couple of these things. It's just and also it just gives a bad whiff. You know, they had the stuff before Christmas about bricking, and then this about you know. So somebody buying a Sonos right now will be like, well, why would I do that? Why would I buy that? But that's I mean I guess Google and and people they shove out products that always get you know they they go out of operation. Apple you know famously have all the kind of same same kind of problems. I think Sonos have been hit just because of the market they're in more than anything, and the expectation of users is is not sustainable going forward in this market. But it is worth thinking about how do you put these products together to make sure that you don't have to throw everything away when when software becomes end of line or hardware starts not being able to accept the latest updates. Yeah, um, but but you know, equally, I don't think it's a good idea, or I don't think it's a good thing if Sonos does does go out of business and goes and disappears. I think it, it you know. Just to have all of our smart speakers now all being delivered by the big man of you know big apples and Googles is not a good place to be either. So, you know, I feel I feel like we should be aiming to try and keep these these guys afloat. Yeah, I think there'll always be a niche. There'll always be a niche somewhere where there'll be you know a premium, you know, sound premium product, ease of use. Um, mm. But I, I even the, I mean the Echo, the new Echo Plus sounds really good. Mm. Yeah, so that's what, that's where the margins of yeah. benefit disappeared, don't they? Yep. Uh, EU lawmakers have gone ahead with well, it looks like we're going to end up with a common um, charging cable for all phones, in despite of um, Apple's protestations at the the move, um, saying it's going to stifle innovation and all that kind of stuff. The EU are saying it's going to. Uh, solve a lot of uh, electronic wastage with you know every single phone needing its own cable and all that kind of stuff and thrown away and changed every single time a new phone comes out um but apple has you know kind of countered with the same argument saying that the european method is going to end up with lots of wastage so i don't know where it's ultimately going to lie but i th- I thought this was already a decision i didn't realize this was still being made this decision i thought it had already been a done deal i think everybody everybody assumed it was just it's obvious make it USB-C. Right, so I've, so so charging wise, I am so close to being all USB C. Um, the iPhones, mm. that's enough. The iPhones over two years old. It's lightning. But even last year's, you know, iPhone was lots of because the, the iPad, the iPad Pro is a USB C. Um, so there was lots of rumours that last year's iPhones would be the USB C ones, and it and it didn't happen. Um, and and I just it just feels. And I'm sure Apple Apple will argue about its size, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all back to propriety and all back to licensing, and it's another cash cow for them. And um, yeah, I mean they have done some fairly innovative things with their you know their ports over the years, and maybe we do lose some of that. Um, but but you're right. I, I mean I'm in agreement. Um, you know, suck it and see as much as anything. It's something that can be reversed if it does end up causing massive damage. Um, but but yeah, I, I say let's let's do this. <laughs> and this doesn't necessarily mean that they'll change the port. It's the actual charging cable, you know. So what they're saying is, make the charging cable. So it might be a lightning USB C. So it's still, mm-hmm. you know, but at least it's one. You know, then you can have one plug that will be USB C and charge everything. I mean, if you think about every single device you come comes nowadays, does come with a plug and a adapter or whatever, and it it does seem wasteful. Yeah. I mean, I've I chuck away cables because I have no need for that many. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Met Police are deploying facial recognition cameras. Uh, they this is so this will allow them the ability to use cameras to identify suspects. So they effectively can line up a series of. 
photos or uh, of people they want to find they can point cameras at uh, streets and then they can get notified when those cameras identify the people they're looking for uh, this is obviously comes with some pretty serious privacy concerns um, and the police have been at pains to outline exactly how uh, they're allowed or how and where they will be using these services and how people won't be impacted by them and, and what specifically those services will be uh, aiming to do um, where, where do you lie on this what what's your feeling as long as there's safeguards about you know misuse i i don't have a particularly big issue with it um, I think I think the challenge is so the article talks about that you know police are saying it's seventy percent accurate, but independent reviews are more like forty percent. Um, it's also it's more accurate. We'll come up with false false positives occasionally. Yeah, as well. so the so the police are saying like one in a thousand generate a false alert, which I mean that's that's quite quite a number that a third you know so just say somebody looked like you and was, you know, wanted for, you know, armed, you know, an armed, you know, robbery or a murder or something like that. You, you know, you're going to be walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, three cars come up and you get... Then again, the if ground. you look like a person, that might happen anyway. You know? uh, maybe, <laughs> but but obviously they're looking at this that, that you know, using automation and, and targeting these things, it'll make it, you know, make it quicker, make it faster. And... If there's benefit there, as I said, to me, if it's not going to get misused, not not really got a big issue with it. Because like you said, there's nothing, you know, all the cameras there right now, and there's definitely people watching what we're doing right now. So as long as it's not used for misuse and tracking people, you know, and, and the, the misuse I mean is, you know, you know, somebody's got a grudge against you in real life and then says, I'm going to track this guy and do something mm. and find out what he's, you know, as long as there's safeguards in place. That... And intimidation and all those other things uh, yeah, that can exactly. come along with that. Um, uh, so, they, I mean, they have put some fairly restrictive, well, they're saying that the cameras can only be used for five to six hours at any one time. They're saying they are going to be in very specific areas that is notified and the times will be very specific as well, which kind of makes you think... <laughs> If you're being looked for, then you'd avoid those areas at those times, I, which kind of I found, destroys. I found that weird. So I'm, I mean, I was. It's, it's the way they can get these things through. Eventually, over time, that will get diluted without being a big headline. And I think is what. It yeah, is. and I think I think that's the, it's like you know they've obviously had to you know pacify and reduce down what they want to do. And I'm guessing after 12, 18 months, if it's been successful and there's no issues, it's like right, you can now extend that out. Well, it just becomes more natural. It's about there was time when uh you know cctv cameras being put up would cause concern by people yeah. over time that concern fades away and and they and we are now the most cctv'd um uh, people of i think anywhere around the world i think um, we hold that crown which is uh, certainly one to have um you know we were speaking the other day online about uh how the chinese um uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd said on the podcast the other day, you know, that we look to each. I look between the China, China government and the and the UK government, and, and some of the practices or seem quite similar. It just d- delivered up in a different way. But then I found the other day that, that the Chinese were using their surveillance, which allows them to track anyone across um, any of their sort of CCTV range, and and they were actually using to shame people who were going out in their pajamas, um, <laughs> and, so, and they were putting up their pictures on big you know, big display boards saying you shouldn't 
you know, basically publicly shaming these people for. So it's kind of that doesn't seem like a legitimate good no, use of tracking but, technology. But, but, but um, I sent you a video today of like they're using drones with speakers and and get you know talking to people just for the current you know health crisis there to say you know get a mask on or get back indoors. And, and at first I thought it was a spoof, and it's like no, this is this is this is China mm-hmm. right now. And 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 I think the you know some of the reasons that people are worried about Huawei is because Huawei technology you know that's a whole big thing in the UK right now is can we have Huawei I think we're going to talk about it a bit later but the Huawei technology allows the Chinese government to identify people and pinpoint their location and that's that's why it's a you know a, a, an issue um <laughs> so and, and and on that topic we have uh, this week been talking about Huawei and as far as the UK have come out and said we are going to use Huawei despite uh, America uh, saying that we shouldn't um, but we're going to only use part of their service on a real not not in the sensitive parts of the 5G network um, so what they're calling as the core product but then they're going to allow up to 35% of kit on the periphery services so things like radio masts um, and it's going to be excluded from sensitive areas, nuclear sites, military bases. It's an, again another kind of set of diluting factors, which again make you think: if there was really no risk or problem, you have... including Huawei, exactly. why would you even put those exactly. limits in place? So, it's purely, it's purely to, to placate. Again, I think more than anything. Yeah. So, so there's quite a lot of conservatives are, are up in arms about this because they, you know, they're. I guess it's you know right, right wingers together, you know, tied to America. America, obviously, you know, of, of, you know. I guess the last two three years been really strict around Huawei, um, you know, limiting their access to America. Say that their kits, you know, spying on people, um, and and the UK and, and, and it's I mean the UK, you know, the UK intelligence service are saying we don't have the same concerns. Um, That's right, and and the US has stepped away from its really hard lined rhetoric. So when this issue first popped up, the US said, you know, this would mean that we couldn't share. You know, anyone using Huawei technology couldn't share data with us. Um, that you know, sensitive data would certainly not be shared. And they've moved away from that, and they're they're now saying they are they they are disappointed with the decision. So that's that's their kind of new stance, which has stepped away from say that really hardline precipice. But but equally, you know, in the UK, we've been we're stuck between this uh, rock and a hard place. With we're trying to get trade deals with both US and China. So um, now that we're moving away from the European Union, we have to. And this is kind of the situation we'd be in where we're two very powerful markets are squeezing us in the middle. And it's very difficult for us to make a decision that can actually keep both sides of the, the argument happy. Um, the Americans sort of jibing in a way saying, you know, UK use it, leaving the, the EU um, bureaucracy just to be, you know, told what to do by China. Uh, yeah, I d- but to be honest, I don't. There's so much to the Americans at the moment. It's just it's just guff. You know, it's like so. So I know there's a lot of statecraft around this stuff, but but right now, I mean, it's come on. Yeah, it's bravado, but it's bravado that he, you know, unstable he seems to be enforcing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you see his wall blew down the other day in Mexico, in high winds? <laughs> I, I, I did not see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but even I mean, and even then, there's been such a whiff that that this has really just been about protecting American companies. It's nothing to do with spies. It's a, oh, it's uh, about you know. American companies, Huawei has been a big threat to, you know, the American tech dominance. And it was, it was an easy well, one just to say, actually, we're just going to kill this. 
I mean, what the, what I was thinking was, what the hell technology is this that mm. uh, it, it, it requires this one Chinese firm to supply this equipment? Why aren't there a broader set of people able to deliver this? I, it must be pretty complicated stuff to get to yeah, that level. Yeah, but to be honest, just ask the Brexiteers because they were like, just spill it ourselves. Just, just more, do it. more than anything, it's because we don't have the industry to actually do it, and only China has the manufacturing no, capability to the, produce these things. We've not got the smarts. You know, and I don't think it's just the smarts. I think no, it's, but it's, a, it's but, just the but, capability. But what I mean by the smarts is we've not got the infrastructure, we've not got the companies at scale. I mean, while we have got tens of thousands of scientists working in these things, we do not have that. You know, so we just don't have that infrastructure, or that capability in the UK. Um, and I know lots of people won't like to hear that, but that's that is reality. Another thing we might not have in the UK is Article 13. This is the uh, European law around copyright. So this is, this was a European directive which we've talked about, and it was a while ago now on our, our podcasts, around the use of copyright material and how it was going to make the platform delivery providers responsible for the copyright violations on platforms. And it was... YouTube and, and other content providers said, look, we just cannot do that. And if you make this decision, we don't actually think we're going to be able to deliver our services to EU. Um, and and then some concessions were made to that uh, ruling that actually allowed for what would be considered almost fair use of uh, copyright material. Um, in, in Internet memes are the regularly cited um, sort of sufferers under the original uh, writing of the the wording of this 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 directive it would have actually stopped anything that was meme related but there was a concession added but anyway the uk has confirmed that it isn't going to be implementing that directive we're not part of the eu um by the time you listen to this and so they've decided this is one of the things they're not going to implement uh, and potentially actually that's a that's a more reasonable uh, position to take uh, agreed you know so i don't do it again the whole brexit thing again but the i always always felt this was um I always just felt this was a kind of draconian step too far. Um, and, and I mean, Google were really, you know, up in arms about this. I think they saw the kind of threat and potential around what we were, what they were then going to be responsible for and how how they can possibly apply it. Um, there's even a whiff of, and I think, I can't see them doing it, but the, there was a whiff that, you know, if this goes ahead, you know, we might have to restrict access to, to YouTube for the whole yeah, EU. Yeah, they definitely said that, yeah. And they've yeah. said it, I just can't, I just can't see it. But one thing they have done is really up their copyright game, though. We have seen recently mm. YouTube have been making some very uncomfortable decisions around copyright claims made yep. by companies. There are there are now automated copyright processes all across YouTube. And, and if they identify, so, you know, for I think, I've, again, I've mentioned probably on the podcast before, if you're a YouTuber and you recorded a video, you know, four years ago, you were sat in a cafe recording a piece to camera that took up five seconds of a half an hour video. If there was a copyright claim made against that video, then the copyright claimant could claim the revenue for the entirety of that 30 minutes of video, regardless of you know whether that music was just background and not performing part of the major thing. And and that has led to a lot of YouTubers losing a great deal of revenue to someone who has no claim over that video or the content of it. But there was a bit of you know stuff. So it's really it's leading to bad decisions at the moment. And, and this is probably going to make it worse and maybe we're going to skirt around that. Maybe we can get around that a bit by not having implemented it. And, and it's really, as you say, it's automated and really aggressive as well. You know, it's, it's, it's punishing. 
Well, it puts all the power into the original copyright holder, regardless of usage, because it's just easier for them to implement yeah. it in that way. Which someone's... For anyone who's bothered, will have these automated tools implemented, which is basically the big, the big companies that yeah. we all know about. And, and some would say, quite rightly, if you've got the copyright for it, but but most of the time it's not somebody misusing it. It's it's as you say, it's a, a bit of background music, and I mean, I've seen videos where people are like, I can't even put a second of this in or two seconds because it's. You know, it's it's going to get yeah, and the balance get... isn't that they get a, a portion of it depending no. on how long no, the amount the of copyright. Thing. It is just the whole. Thing. It's either on or off, and that that's where that leads to uncomfortable stuff. Uh, more uncomfortable stuff from the firm that stopped not doing evil in two thousand eighteen. Uh, Google has basically it was going to redesign. I think what well, it did redesign its um, search result adverts. Um, and the movement was to make the adverts almost indistinguishable from natural organic links. Obviously, the way Google makes its money is via advertising. And one of those advertising placements is via the search results page. Um, if There are basically paid for adverts at the top, which Google gets money for if people click on them. And then there are uh, non-paid for organic links further down the page on the um, that Google doesn't get the money for. Google are stagnating a little bit in their results, not seeing growth. And so it looks like they're trying to redesign the uh, search results to make their adverts look more like the natural results and therefore gain more clicks. Uh, yeah, this was... Uh, it's weird. You remember back to original Google and the homepage was all about clean design. We don't have adverts on it. don't have anything on it. It was yep. all clean. Then the ads appeared. It was obvious. They appeared on the right though, wasn't it? And yep. they were all in little boxes. Yep. Quite, it was really obvious. And then they started going to the top and they looked like search results, but they had ad and you could see advert and it was obvious. And they had a background colour yep. normally, yeah. But this this, this was um, basically the size of a fav icon. Um, it was a kind of black little thing just saying ad. And and if you looked at the, the non-adverts underneath, you could not tell the difference. And yeah. there was also evidence that this was driving more people to click on the ad. Um, and at the end of the day, Google, I know a lot of people, people always debate this, you know, but at the end of the day, they're an ad company. You know, that's how they make their money. Yeah, and they've seen that stagnation. They're responsible to share owners, shareholders, so... That's the, they are trying to get that, but it, it does mean less and less. You know, how reliable is it? Uh, is that advert the thing you really want to be clicking on, or is that just someone who's rich and can pay to, to have it done? Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. It's not you know you search for I don't know search for a I don't know Adidas doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that the first result if it's got Adidas in the title is actually Adidas. It's just you've paid mm-hmm. for an advert, um, and you see it a lot in the Apple. Um, it's an a- Apple brought in women, you know, paid adverts as well in the App Store, and it's just horrible. You'll search for Tweetbot, and it's like the third result down, and it's mm. like, come on, that's that's scummy, yeah. and you're already making a lot of money, so come on. So yeah, um, at, at least I've backtracked. So they've said, you know, this may have gone a step too far, um, but they will <laughs> experiment they further. But only because you noticed. Exactly. <laughs> only because you noticed and made a headline. Yeah. If we do this enough, we'll make enough headlines that people get bored of it. Uh, talking about scummy moves, um, scummy movers and shakers. If you were a fan of Katie Hopkins, you can no longer delve deep into her, the, the bile of her hatred on Twitter because Twitter has now suspended her uh, account and Whoa. many people shouting long overdue. But yes, yeah, so it's unclear exactly what caused that, uh, the, the final tweet to cause it. Um, however, the, you know... Uh, 
all her tweets have disappeared bar i think two or three um and it's unclear whether twitter's deleted them or whether she's actually taken the, the taken offense at being snubbed by the platform but her account is suspended no news on whether it will be back uh, about time to be honest i mean you said you don't you don't know which tweet but there was so much i mean it's just I, so i deliberately picked all of them yeah so i, I deliberately <laughs> picked the TechCrunch articles it was twitter suspends notorious uk hate preacher for violating abuse rules um, whereas a lot of other, you know, agents, news agencies here will just give her her name and not actually say, you know, she was a hate preacher. Whatever, whatever she thought she could say to get clicks, um, to get people talking, attract that right wing Brexit baiting white supremacist kind of audience, she would do it. She was a yeah. horror, an absolute horror. I mean, she made a lot of money from doing that, but it's hard to... I, I can't see a reasonable person thinking like she said that she thought. And But then again, maybe maybe she did. Maybe she just felt empowered to do it. I don't know. But ultimately, she did bait a lot of people, and that seems to be a new new thing in the world. It's a, I think they realise there's a market there. There's a market there where they can make money out of it. Um, people make money out of it either because they'll go on a... I mean, she does circuit tours in America... Um, there's obviously a lot of money, you know, with a, a lot of the right wing audiences over there. So it's, uh, I don't know, part, part of me always thinks she was a performance artist and she would just, I'll go out of my way to say what I think is the most, you know, shocking thing because that's how I'll get in the media. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yet again, and there was stuff that she was on like this morning doing kind of, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't racist or, you know, right wing. It was daft things like, you know, slagging off people who name their kids by places yeah and and then and then she gets but but that's but you've yeah so, but you've you done know, the same fa- and it's like but you can't be nice. fan happy and all those kind yeah. of things it's just silly inflammatory comments that but it got her talked yeah. about and it got a newspaper yeah. column and and because she would i'll go to places where other people won't and i'll get talked about again and it just generates clicks and but but the last sort of two three four years i don't know if it's true colors as i said she's just a horror um, and Twitter brought in these, you know, brought in abuse rules, and you're like, how, how much do they have to say? You know, it's like it's clearly she's gone too far. But then people yeah, were saying, how much do they have to say to how many users? She's got a million followers, yeah. so every time she says something, it's going out to a million people. Yeah. But the people would say, but it's free speech, and it's like, but but the stuff she's saying isn't. Mm. It's wrong. Toxic. Anyway, she's been suspended. We'll see whether she comes back. She's a bit like a rash like that. <laughs> <laughs> Byte is something you might not have heard about, but you soon will, no doubt. This is Vine's successor. Vine disappeared. Uh, What's Vine, number Chris? Of... What's Vine? Exactly. So six seconds of looping video is what Vine was, and it disappeared to be overtaken, or TikTok basically came out and replaced that want. It was a real... It really was the start of the kind of meme. There were some incredibly clever vines out there, but I just think the platform overall couldn't sustain itself. I think it's actually gained more recognition since it stopped than when it was actually underway. You, certainly on YouTube, there's still a whole ton of stuff, which is old vines that you might remember. Well, there, there, um, there was a whole member. So I remember lots of famous people, not famous people, but lots of comedians and great video you know, producers on Vine. And there's a real yeah. art form because I'm sitting there going six eight, but there's, a, there's the amount of people. We took the piss out of yep. it when it first got released, yep. and we were saying this is never going to be a success, and it was a huge success. But, for but a bit. the really clever ones, you're like, my god, that was really well yeah. done. You know, that's... how did you do that all within six yeah. seconds? Yeah, and but a lot of them then were like, how do we, you know, because they weren't monetizing as well as other platforms, and 
and then creators, I think, was it not with Vine? The creators were saying, you know, we're we're going to leave the platform unless you give us money, and all that kind of stuff. And and a lot of them went to YouTube, you know, and mm. and still did short videos, but you know, it gives them a gives them a wider platform. And um, but Byte, yeah, Byte Byte's launched, and um, it's some of the videos again are really clever. So it's um it's basically it's based around the same concept. So six seconds looping. They've added some more consumption. They've got a bit of curation in there, but they're still missing some of the additional, you know, layers that you can add in TikTok and some of the sort of features that people like there. Um, so it's not fully featured as they you know you might describe them on Nap. Um, but it's not. I don't think it's in Chinese ownership, which TikTok is. is. Uh, which might go down better in america yeah i mean i guess that that is again there's that whiff in america it's like some of the senators are like hmm this you know one of the most popular apps is owned by china hmm yeah. that's well, not the same right. as that face swap app and you know the fact that that was all exactly taken, facial recognition all that kind yeah. of stuff because because again there was lots of people saying that's getting sent to china and they're going to steal your data and it's like where's the proof shows the proof mm. yeah but they're still watching Overwatching and Overwatch leagues have moved to YouTube. (laughs) As have Call of Duty League. So actually YouTube have signed a big deal to show uh, these kind of big gaming leagues on the YouTube platform exclusively. Um, So they're working with Activision Blizzard uh, to do this. And Overwatch is one of the biggest games, or it was at one point the biggest game in the world. I don't know that it still maintains that that thing, but obviously Call of Duty as well is a big uh, sort of league draw. Um, and yeah, you know, YouTube have tried to break into this market, but have had struggles against Twitch. And again, it's this, the latest in a sort of string of anti-Twitch direction, you know, trying to get away from Twitch and move the services elsewhere. And YouTube looks like it wants to be a part of that. And the Twitch viewership has, has dropped, you know, so the, the, the um, what's the Microsoft one called? Mixer. So the, the folk that went to Mixer, um, we've, now, we've now seen, obviously, YouTube doing the same. And they've bought up some, you know, streamers as well. So there's, um, there's, there's a big old fight in that market. Yeah, I mean, if you're a streamer at the moment, there's some money to be made. But I guess just not enough for the number of streamers. <laughs> Everyone's a streamer, aren't they? It, but it's, it reminds me of the, like, the App Store when it first came out, you know, so what, 11, 12 years ago. And then there was all the success stories, like you know, there was a guy like you, Chris, who's written a game, and in a year's a yeah. millionaire, and and all of a sudden everybody's like, well, I'll go and be an app developer then because that's clearly yeah. easy because I've got a game idea and I can just go and do it. And streaming's the same. There's there's a I guess there's that top. I'm not even going to say one percent. There's like a top like point one percent that are funny, watchable, you know, great game players can put that whole content together, and then. It's, I think it's a huge... It does sometimes. It does sometimes seem questionable, though, doesn't it? As in, it's not always the good ones that seem to be the most popular. No, but there's some some that you'll watch because of the the way they play yeah. games. Sure. And, there, yeah, and exactly. there's others that you'll watch because they're entertaining or funny. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah but definitely. but but they are like right at the top making money, and then there's a big drop off, and it's a quick drop off as well. Yeah, that's right. You got the top. In fact, it's more like on even on Twitch and things. It was more like the top three or four, and then that's it. Done. Yeah. The rest is a massive steep decline. Yeah, yeah. And some, so and I get, but again, and also with Twitch, I felt there was always a little bit of kind of like, a, you know, you're almost verging into the 
you know, like the kind of girl gamers, and I'll pull my top down slightly, and you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll get lots of sponsors. Well, and it's youth people, youth culture as much as anything. That's clicking kind of my where money, you know, clicking my money, and I'll you know undo my cardigan a bit more. There was definitely there was definitely a bit of a seedy undertone, yeah. and there still there still is a little bit. But that's I think it is just youth culture. And, it is, and, but I think Mixer did Mixer was Mixer not the ones where they said we're not having any of that. We wanted to be really clean. I can't remember. There was one of them that said we want to be really clean and there's none of that. It was almost like... Certainly there's a lot more uh, regulation on that platform. It, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that is the end of our podcast. A relatively quick one, unless you want to extend with a pick. No. No. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm just going to say you can... Well, that's a very abrupt end, wasn't it? It's no. wrong. <laughs> Digitaloutbox.com is our <laughs> website if you want to... It's a bit like Brexit. No. <laughs> just... Yeah. Only half of you said that. Email info at digitaloutbox.com. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK. <laughs> really? I have not been suspended yet. You might think I've been suspended due to my lack of tweeting. Uh, where can we find you, Ian? Websites, iandeck.com, where I have links to none of my content. <laughs> All of your content is there, and you've done some good old uh, content roundup recently, which is nice to follow on through. I've been out with the camera and um, rumours that there's a new Fuji next month not next well maybe next month tomorrow so um start saving uh, i might I, I don't know if i'll be able to get it straight away it's been an expensive january <laughs> <laughs> get it now we might have a trade deal soon that's true Alrighty, so thanks for listening and we will talk to you again as soon as our news coffers top up speak to you soon bye-bye farewell Well, that's lovely, isn't it? I should have said Farewell. au revoir. And I, oh, very good. I really should have went au revoir. I messed I'll up. She the same. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to wave my little Union Jack flag. What did, did you did you see them yesterday? Oh god! I, I just I, I sat there and watched them. I was like, honestly, what a bunch of gammons just standing there with their little flags. Just get rid of them. Yep. Keep. In fact, we deserve them. Bring them back. We bred them. Bring them back. <laughs> We'll we'll deal. <laughs> you don't deserve that. We'll deal with it. <sighs>